This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. I'm Lakramir Asmian with the news. First, the top stories. Romania is interested in developing, using and producing green technologies, said the Romanian President Klaus Johannes at the UN Climate Change Conference hosted by Dubai. On a visit to the US, the Romanian Prime Minister Martel Tolaku is today meeting with representatives of big US companies and members of the Congress. The Justice and Home Affairs Council in Brussels is discussing the Schengen issue from the perspective of efficiently managing the migration problem. And already qualified to the main groups of the World Women's Handball Championship, Romania's team is today taking on the team of Denmark, one of the hosts of the competition. Romania is interested in developing, using and producing green technologies, Romania's President Klaus Johannes said on Monday at the UN Climate Change Conference in Dubai. Klaus Johannes underlined during the Sustainable Innovation Forum 2023 event that in order to effectively respond to climate change, governments must develop a strong partnership with businesses, financial institutions, research and innovation entities, and NGOs. He pointed out that the large university centers, such as those in Bucharest and Cluj in the Northwest, are innovating in the field of sustainable construction materials and applications for energy efficiency. At the same time, Romanian companies support the progress of heat pump technology. The Romanian Prime Minister Martel Tolaku is meeting today in Washington with representatives of the American companies Lockheed Martin and Google. The Romanian Prime Minister's agenda also includes today discussions with members of the American Congress. Previously, he met with the U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, with the Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, and with the Secretary for Energy Jennifer Granholm. We'll come back to that after the news. The Justice and Home Affairs Council continues today in Brussels. The Schengen issue is back on the agenda, being tackled from the perspective of the efficient management of the migration issue. It is a recurring analysis of the state of the Schengen area, based on key indicators, such as the number of asylum seekers who have been rejected. Romania and Bulgaria have run several pilot projects regarding migration management. Both the Commission and the Spanish Presidency of the Council are supporters of the entry of the two states into the Schengen area. We remind you that Romania and Bulgaria received 
as part of the Justice and Home Affairs Council of December 8th and 9th, 2022, a negative vote from the Netherlands and Austria for joining the free travel area. On Monday, on the first day of the Council meeting, talks focused on holding Russia accountable from a penal and financial point of view for the invasion of Ukraine, as well as on making the European Public Prosecutor's Office more efficient. The member states' ministers and the European Chief Prosecutor, Laura Kodruzakervesi, analyzed the latest legislative proposal regarding the transfer of proceedings in criminal matters. As for how Russia can be held accountable for the war in Ukraine, talks focused on how to bring the culprits to justice, as well as on how to use the Russian frozen assets in the international space for the reconstruction of Ukraine. Romania's national women's handball team takes up this evening the strong Danish team in the last match in Group E of the World Championship hosted by Denmark, Sweden and Norway. The Romanian players won the other two games against Chile and Serbia and are qualified for the main groups where they will face Germany, Poland and Japan. Romania is the only team that participated in all 26 editions of the World Women's Handball Championship. Their record includes a world title, two silver medals and one bronze medal. And that was the news from Bucharest Radio Romania International. Now for a brief announcement about Radio Romania International's annual survey of its listeners and internet and social media users to find out the 2023 Personality of the Year. And this has been no easy year, with the Russia's war in Ukraine continuing, energy prices rocketing, many parts of the world suffering food shortages, and, not least, with the global warming, causing what was probably the hottest year on record. On top of all this came the conflict between Israel and Hamas in the Gaza Strip. In this difficult year, which international public figure, in your opinion, has had the strongest positive impact on the world, and why? Radio Romania International will designate its Personality of the Year based on your nominations, which you can submit together with a short justification by posting directly on our website in a comment to this article at www.rri.ro, by email at engl at rri.ro, on our Facebook page, on Instagram, WhatsApp at 00 40744312650 text or audio or by fax at 0040213190562 we will announce the radio romania international personality of the year on air and online on monday the 1st of january 2024 we are looking forward to receiving your nominations so please get in touch Romanian Prime Minister Marcel Ciolacu met in Washington with key members of the American executive. I'm Elena Enake with more on this topic in a report by Bogdan Matei. In the first years after the war, one of the myths that circulated among most anti-communist Romanians was that only the arrival of the Americans will put an end to the terrible dictatorship of the Soviet occupation troops. 
Allied during the First World War and the last part of the Second World War, Romania and the United States had had a friendly relationship until the communist power and it took the 1989 revolution for it to return to normal. Today, the two countries are allies within NATO and are linked by their strategic partnership of almost 30 years. Consolidating the bilateral relationship under this partnership, Romania's inclusion into the visa waiver program and security and the Black Sea are the stakes of the visit to the United States by the Romanian Prime Minister Marcel Ciolacu. Romania was and is a highly valued partner and ally, and cooperation is closer than ever, said the head of the American diplomacy, Antony Blinken, during the meeting with the Romanian Prime Minister. The latter promised the Secretary of State that the Romanian government will continue to ensure a safe and stable investment climate, which will encourage American companies. For Romania's inclusion into the visa waiver program, Prime Minister Ciolacu has explained, important steps have been taken. The official announcement will be made next year, and from 2025, Romanians will be allowed to travel to the United States without visas. In view of the end of the war in Ukraine, Cholaku is convinced that Romania can become a hub for American companies that want to participate in the reconstruction of the neighboring country devastated by the Russian invasion troops. Our great achievements after the revolution are the membership of the European Union, NATO and the strategic partnership with the United States. Today we wouldn't be talking about a consolidated democracy and stability and we wouldn't be sleeping peacefully in Romania without this partnership. I really want the United States to become the most important direct investor in Romania in all sectors and the most important non-EU investor, Ciolacu said during his visit to the United States. The agenda of the visit also included meetings with the US Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm, as well as with the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Cholaku promised the latter that Romania will maintain its commitment to allocate 2.5% of its GDP for defense and will continue to plead for an increased profile of the Black Sea on the NATO agenda. According to Radio Romania's correspondent, Lloyd Austin appreciated Bucharest's efforts to stabilize the regional situation disturbed by the Russian invasion of Ukraine, as well as the progress made in the field of defense by modernizing military equipment and infrastructure and strengthening cybersecurity. The 2024 budget bill covers the costs of the rise in pensions and the teachers' salaries, says the finance minister. I'm Cristina Mateescu with this report by Roxana Vasile. Pending the adoption of the country's 2024 budget, Finance Minister Marcel Bolos made a series of clarifications, repeatedly requested by the parliamentary opposition and the media. He said the funding sources were identified for the 1st of January pension increase to adjust to inflation and for the September recalculation of pensions for all public pensions. A decision is still to be taken with respect to the funding for the rise in teachers' salaries, Marcel Bolos said. Prima componenta de buget este cea cu referire la cheltuielile cu pensiile. The first component of the budget refers to the expenses relating to pensions. 
both in terms of the adjustment to the inflation rate on the 1st of January and the recalculation from the 1st of September, to make sure we have the funding needed for this type of expenses. Secondly, with respect to the teachers' salary rights and additional budget expenses, we will reach a final decision on the adjustment and indexation mechanism or the increase in the teachers' salaries over the coming days. During talks with the Liberal MPs, the Finance Minister said there would be no further increases in taxes and duties next year, and infrastructure projects for the local communities would continue. As for how the planned additional expenses will be funded, Marcel Bolos recalled that the fiscal budgetary law adopted at the end of September is to come into force, so his ministry is carrying out the extensive implementation of the anti-fraud measures laid down in that law. He explained that these measures, accompanied by digitalization, will lead to additional funds to the state budget, to the amount of billions of lei. According to the National Liberal Party, which is in the ruling coalition together with the Social Democrats, the budget bill will be submitted to Parliament by the 18th of December at the latest and adopted by the 22nd of December. Meanwhile, not placing much trust on the government's promises, 70% of Romanians are still waiting for taxes to grow next year, as indicated by the Global Inflation Monitor, a survey conducted in 33 countries, including Romania, by Ipsos Market Research Company. Only 6% of Romanian respondents said they are living comfortably, and 43% that they are doing all right, while 28% are just getting by, 16% are finding it difficult, and 6% are finding it very difficult. And that was Radio Newsreel. Focus on Romania. Next in this broadcast, it's the hit of the day, a piece called Destiny from Paula Selling. Schimbate in the 
You are listening to Radio Romania International. Inside Romania. Hello and welcome. I am Kalin Kotsoyu. Even though we have become accustomed to the proximity of the winter holidays to raise the issue of supplying with traditional goodies, today we propose other temptations. We are talking to Laurentiu Victor Sacui, art historian and gallery owner, about the trends of the art market in Romania. First, we asked Laurentiu Victor Sacui if there really is an art market in Romania today and what possibilities art lovers and art collectors have to meet their expectations in our country. Considering that there is a major crisis on the financial investment market, a problem faced by both investors in Romania and those in other parts of the world, we must recognize that investment in art remains one of the most stable and safe investments in the spectrum of possibilities that investors have at hand today. It is difficult for an investor who is not familiar with a phenomenon of art to buy works of art, having no experience in the field. However, this problem can be solved with the help of a financial consultant in the art market, who will initiate the future collector into what investment in art means. It has been shown over time that the value of art objects can increase spectacularly and can offer great satisfaction to those who dare make investments in this area. I will give you the most handy example, namely Romanian paintings, whose value has increased in the last 30 years, we could say even exponentially, in the case of some authors. The market for works of art is under continuous development, and the turnover over the last years for auction houses around the world proves this. Our interlocutor told us that we can resort to auction houses and galleries in Romania who are already at European level, and told us what the collectors are looking for. 
Of course, the works signed by famous artists, for the purchase of such works, financial sacrifices must be made. But it is worth it because, you see, the works of art are perennial values and will be admired and appreciated by generations. And since beauty will save the world, as Dostoevsky said, I have the belief that investment in beauty represents a saving solution for us. We asked Laurentiu Victor Sakui what artists he thinks would have the potential to grow their value in the coming years. First of all, contemporary painters, where the biggest surprises can emerge. We have, as an example, Adrian Genie, who has shown that this is possible. Whoever invested in Genie's paintings before he became famous made an investment with which he can boast today. Secondly, I believe that Romanian avant-garde painting has not yet said its last word on the work market, being not much underestimated. It has a serious potential for raising quotas in the future. Think that avant-garde art in Western Europe has reached stunning prices. Tens and even hundreds of millions of euros are forked out for an avant-garde work. Over here, the prices are still very low. I will give you an example. Painting in the neighboring country of Hungary. There, avant-garde painters have much higher rates than those over here. Same in Poland, and the list could continue. We invited our interlocutor to tell us what Romanian avant-garde painters he referred to. There are already names well-known to the art-loving public in Romania. Artists such as Max Herman Maxi, Corneliu Mihailescu, Victor Brauner, Milica Petrașcu, Merica Rumnicianu, or Hans Matis Stoich. These are painters that are already a part of the history of Romanian art. The National Museum of Art, organized in the spring of this year under the patronage of director Catalin Stegeran, an exceptional retrospective exhibition dedicated to painter Max Herman Maxi, an important figure of avant-garde art in Romania. The event was a real success, which makes me believe that after this exhibition, the desire of art lovers to own a work by Maxi in their collection has increased. And there are other areas of art being sought out by collectors. Sculpture, ceramics, porcelain, folk art, oriental carpets, Far East art, and many, many others are desired by passionate collectors. These works, besides the fact that they decorate our interiors, creating a pleasant atmosphere in our home, represent a very serious investment for the future. You have been listening to Inside Romania. This is Radio Romania International. Cultural event.
Welcome to Cultural Event with me, Lucremera Simeon. War Boy, the latest feature film written and directed by Marian Krishan, tells the story of a teenager through whose eyes we see the end of the Second World War, more precisely the fall of 1944. The boy tries to save the family's two horses, embarking with them on an initiation journey crossing the wild landscape of the Apusen Mountains. The director, Marian Krishan, believes that his new production can be considered a war film and equally a children's film, and that what attracted him the most to this project when he conceived it were the Western elements that he enjoyed being able to bring to the big screen. Daniel Bullish, Reginald Ammons, Ovidiu Krishan, Adina Iftime, Jon Beckett, Dan Kioran are the actors playing in Hua Boy, the fifth feature film of the director, already known to the public for Morgan, Rocker, Horizon and Berliner, but also for the mini-series produced by HBO Romania, The Silent Valley. The subject of the film was inspired by the memories of his grandfather, who lived through World War II and was a teenager at the time. Each film I've made starts from something important to me, an emotion or an impression towards a certain situation, and that's how the core of the future script is born. In the case of this film, it was my grandfather's memories, which he kept coming back to in the past years of his life. He kept recollecting moments from his childhood, especially that period 1940-1944, when he was a servant for a wealthy man somewhere in the Vrancha Mountains, in Soveja. Those moments when he was alone in the forest with the horses and was taking care of them so that they should not be taken by the Russians, were the memories that haunted him the most. And I felt that a story could be written from these memories, a story with a character, with a tense situation that can lead to something dramatic. I started from my grandfather's stories, otherwise there is nothing biographical in the script. The action is moved to the Apusen Mountains and takes place at the time of the withdrawal of the German troops after August 23rd in the fall of 1944, Marian Krishan explained. In War Boy, Director Marian Krishan was mainly interested in the less-known side of the war, in the stories of the people behind the front. If we think about the animals and children killed in the battle, we realize we don't have many movies or books that talk about it. That is why I chose to focus on them, on those who remain behind the front, who are the least visible in a war. It was my choice to see the war through the eyes of this boy, of this teenager, who does not understand military and geopolitical strategies. His main concern is to see his father return from the East Front, where he is fighting alongside hundreds of thousands of Romanian peasants. A less discussed historical fact is that until 1944, the Romanian soldiers allied with the Germans had fought in the East and that many of them never returned or returned very late after being taken prisoner in Siberia, said Marianne Krishan in the end of cultural event. Next in this program, sports.
Welcome to Sports, today with me, Cristina Mateescu. Romania won four medals at the Table Tennis World Youth Championships held in Nova Gorica in Slovenia, namely one silver and three bronze. Elena Zaharia got the best result, winning the silver medal in the girls' singles. In the first round, she defeated Slovenia's Sara Tokic 4-0, followed by a narrow 4-3 win against Japan's Rin Mende in the round of last 16. In the quarterfinals, Zaharia defeated Park Gehon of South Korea 4-0, and in the semifinals, she defeated Zhu Yi of China 4-2, but lost the final to top seed Kwai Man of China 0-4. The other three medals won by Romania at the World Youth Championship in Slovenia came from Eduard Ionescu in the boys' singles, the girls' team and the boys' team. In the boys' singles, Eduard Ionescu made it as far as the semi-finals, where he lost to China's Wen Ruibo 4-2. In the girls' team, Romania's team made up of Elena Zaharia, Ioana Sinjorzan, Bianca Meiroshu and Alessia Sferla lost in the semi-finals to Japan 0-3. While the boys' team made up of Darius Movilanu, Eduard Ionescu, Andrei Strate and Dragos Bujor lost to China 0-3, also in the semis. For her achievement of winning the silver medal at the Table Tennis World Youth Championship, Radio Romania International is choosing Elena Zaharia as the Athlete of the Week. The new world vice-champion is ranked 10th in the world, with 5,770 points, and climbed one place in the world ranking after winning the medal. Shin Yubin of South Korea is world number one, followed by the current world champion Kwai Man. And that's all in sports. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Hello and welcome to Your Music. I'm Elena Enake. Today's edition features two very talented vocalists, Ilie Stoyan and Mircea Florian. Let's start with a song entitled The Leaf's Wedding, Winter Carol, composed and performed by Ilie Stoyan. Și frunță. De o parte și de alta sunt păcatele noastre. La mișoc e frunța cu păcatele inimii. Prima frunză 
Your music continues with a song entitled Star Tears, Winter Carol, composed and performed by Ilias Doyan. Thank you. 
Today with a song composed and performed by Mircea Florian, a song entitled Calming Forest.
Coming up next... People and Places Welcome to a fresh installment of People and Places with me, Mihaela Ignatescu. On November 19th, we marked the 100th anniversary of the birth of journalist, essayist and literary critic Monica Lovinescu. Daughter of the literary critic Eugène Lovinescu and the French teacher Ekaterina Balachoyu, Monica Lovinescu was a crucial personality of the Romanian diaspora. For decades, from the microphone of the radio station Free Europe, listened to clandestinely in Romania, The journalist, together with her husband Virgil Yerunca, dismantled the communist propaganda, telling the truth about the society and culture created by the communist scourge in the country. You may have heard in our programs about events devoted to this anniversary, so today I will tell you a few details about her as a writer and dissident. In the second part of the show we will travel to beautiful Hargita County, Stay tuned. Monica Lovinescu, who got her BA degree in literature in 1946 at the University of Bucharest, started writing at a very tender age. At only eight, one of her fairy tales got published, and at 15, a volume of short stories, both under a pseudonym. After the death of her father, she published the novel Running Counter in the Royal Foundations magazine, and after the war she wrote theatre columns in the paper Democracy. 
After the coming of the communists in September 1947, she left and called for political asylum in France. There she wrote articles and studies on Romanian literature and communist ideology, publishing in magazines such as East Europe, Continent, Preuve, L'Alternative, Le Cahier de l'Est, Témoignage, La France Catholique. She is the author of the chapter on Romanian theatre in Histoire du Spectacle. She translated into French Romanian texts under the pseudonyms Monique Sancom and Claude Pascal, the best known being the novel The 25th Hour by Virgil Gheorghiu. She also collaborated with Romanian magazines in exile, Caiete de Dor, Finza Ronasca, Ethos, Dialogue, Agora. After 1990, she also published in literary and political magazines in the country. Between 1951 and 1974, she was a contributor to the Romanian language broadcast of the French Broadcasting Company and a member of the central editorial staff of the Broadcast for Eastern Europe. In 1962, she started collaborating on Free Europe Radio, where she had two weekly shows, Romanian Cultural News and Thesis and Antithesis in Paris. These shows had a strong influence in Romania, on the cultural circles, but also on a much wider audience. In 1977, on the eve of the arrival in Paris of writer and dissident Paul Goma, for whose release she had campaigned, Monica Lovinescu was physically assaulted in the yard of her house in Paris by two Palestinian agents sent by the communist political police, the Securitate, on order by dictator Nicolae Ceausescu. She was transported to the hospital in a coma, but five days later she left the hospital, despite the doctor's recommendations, to participate in Paul Goma's press conference on French television and to denounce the aggression on the microphone of Free Europe. She died on April 20, 2008, at the age of 85, near Paris. Hers and her husband's urns were brought to Romania and laid at the Romanian Athenaeum, for people to say goodbye to the one that Romanians had listened to for so many years for a taste of freedom and free speech. She had left her house in Bucharest to the Humanitas Aqua Forte Foundation to be reintroduced in the cultural cycle of Bucharest and the one in Paris to the Romanian state to become a place for accommodation and study for the Romanian researchers and PhD students there. Monica Lovinescu was definitely one of the most important voices of the Eastern and Central European anti-totalitarian thought. Lovinescu's crucial impact on Romania's culture is inextricably linked to her major role as a cultural commentator for Radio Free Europe. It seems that no other RFE broadcast was more abhorred and feared by Ceausescu and the communist nomenclatura than those undertaken by Lovinescu and her husband Virgil Runca. In the words of Vladimir Tismaniano, who wrote a beautiful article about her when she died, I quote, For decades, Lovinescu fought against terrorist collectivism, the regimentation of the mind and moral capitulation. Her patriotism was enlightened and generous. Thanks to her, Romanian intellectuals were able to internalize the great messages from the writings of Camus, Arendt, Kolakowski, Orwell, Solzhenitsyn, Kosler, Choran, Milos, Revel, and the list is fatally too short. 
a spirit totally dedicated to modernity, open to the crucial polemics of the 20th century. Lovinescu wrote poignant essays on what American critic Lionel Trilling called the bloody crossroads where literature and politics meet. Her RFE broadcasts were precisely an antidote to the official mendacity, a voice of truth speaking for those condemned to silence. End of quote. People and Places continues on Radio Romania International. Today we will pay a visit to the beautiful Hargita County in the east of Transylvania. It is home to the only volcanic lake in Eastern Europe, the St. Anna Lake, and also to the Pride Salt Mine. Also, Hargita is the perfect place for mountaineering, and in winter skiers can find great slopes here. Meze Jolt, project manager at the Hargita Intercommunity Development Association, told us our first stop should be the fortified church in Dirju. Dirju Church, declared a UNESCO monument in 1999, is one of the most important fortified churches in Transylvania. What is the most precious about the church are the 15th century wall paintings, of which undoubtedly the most important is the series of paintings depicting the legend of St. Ladislaus. It was made in 1419 and has been kept in very good conditions. The church has rooms over 5 meters high and thick walls. That's why there should always be a constant temperature inside, regardless of the season. For hundreds of years, the villagers have deposited their supplies of smoked meat and bacon here, which is why the church is also known as the Bacon Fortress. Every family in the village has at least one wooden peg in the tower where the meat is stored. Sausages, lard and the smoked hams are inherited from generation to generation and are not alienated, the number of nails owned indicating the social status of the respective family. Another attraction is the Praid salt mine, 120 meters deep under the surface. The leisure base of Praid is set up at horizon 50, which is at a depth of 120 meters from the surface. People are taken there by bus on a distance of 1,250 meters to the entrance gate. Once you reach the level of the leisure base, you can enjoy the presence of all the amenities specific to a small community. Lighting system, wireless television, playgrounds for children, creative and leisure spaces, an ecumenical chapel, 3D cinema, a cafe and a pharmacy with natural products. The average annual temperature in the underground is 16 degrees Celsius. And on the way out at Horizon 60, one can find the Mina Yosif panorama viewing area. But probably the most visited tourist place in the area is the Lake St. Anna, the only volcanic lake in Central and Eastern Europe. It is surrounded by the steep walls of the volcanic cone of Mount Chomato. It is located at an altitude of 946 meters, having a diameter of 1,737 meters and going down 7 meters deep. The lake is fed by rainwater and snowmelt water. In good weather, especially without wind, one can see gas bubbles rising from the bottom of the lake, which are in fact manifestations of post-volcanic activity. That's all from People and Places today. I'm Mihaela Ignatescu. Thank you for listening. 
focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International... Simply Folk. And now to end this broadcast, let's listen to the late Benone Sinulescu with a song called Dear Radu. Radului trece mama radului măi Din ochi negri lacrimând și de radul întrebând Radul mami, radule măi Din ochi negri lacrimând și de radul întrebând Radul mami, radule măi N-ați văzut pe Radu mami, l-am văzut la crâșma stanii Unde-și beau drumeții banii și hai duci gologanii Radu mami, Radule măi Unde-și beau drumeții banii și hai duci gologanii Radu mami, Radule Radule, stai, nu mai bea, uite, pote, racolea, măi. Însă Radul n-asculta, pote, ral-nconjura, Radul, mami, Radule, măi. Însă Radul n-asculta, pote, ral-nconjura, Radul, mami, Radule, Frunzuliță viorea, Șeful pote rei striga, măi, Dă-te, Radule, legat, Ca să scapi nevătămat, Radul, mami, Radule, măi, Dă-te, Radule, legat, Ca să scapi And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next programme for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 11630 kHz in the DRM system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programmes tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 21470 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at rri.ro. Goodbye.